1: I am Amber and I'm Jessie and this is Glowing in Tech. Sponsored by Makers. Welcome back to part two and we have Hasana again. We're going to be talking about a career challenge that you faced and what you did to overcome that. Yeah,
0: so I think the the most challenging thing that I've ever had in my career is probably working with a team member that you're just not clicking with. Mm. Um, And I think it's something that doesn't get talked about too often, but it's an experience that we especially as black women, I would say we have um, quite a lot because obviously we we exist in life slightly differently than than other people do. Um, so I think a couple of years ago, it was probably like two or three years ago, I don't even think about it now, but at the time it was like, oh my god, the most traumatic experience where I was kind of working with a team member and we just didn't just didn't click like um I just find him found him to be completely different to me his way of working was very different and he was a lot older so he was a white man and he was like in his 50s obviously I'm a young black woman in my 20s so first of all what do we have in common Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, and second of all he I feel like I felt at the time he, he was like thinking that he has to be my boss but I was like you're my boss, like I myself, I've, you know, I've gotten here by myself, like I already have a boss. So there was really a big kind of clash um, on the way that we worked. Um, And, you know, there was a lot of conversations with my manager about kind of like how we can work together um how how things can improve etc cetera, etc cetera. but in the end I was just like you know for me this is not worth again I'm all about soft life guys it's not worth the, <laughs> <laughs> the stress the stress um and actually that was one of the contributing factors of me moving teams because I was like I feel like we could try to make this work but sometimes you have to recognize when things are just not going to be going your way um yeah. and you just think I would rather have a peaceful working environment where I'm enjoying what I do rather than trying to make something work that Mm -hmm. just isn't. Mm -hmm. Um, I think other people might advise for you to kind of stick it out and, you know, prove something. But I was like, I have nothing to prove. Like, I I know that I'm good at my job. I just, just can't work with you. Like, and that's okay. Sometimes that's okay. I think sometimes the way that the corporate world works, is like, you have to pretend like your teams are like you're busy mates and you're just perfect but you sometimes you're just not but that was really challenging for me because it really knocked my confidence because you I felt like oh my god like this person who's so much older just doesn't seem to be able to be able to work with me like what am I gonna do maybe it's me but I was really lucky to have um some really great role models some really great allies in the business um that were just able to support me and they were like you know what, it's not you, I've worked with you previously, you know, you what you're doing. Sometimes you, you question yourself a lot and you're like, is it me?
1: Yeah. <laughs> my I the drama? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's so um, important yeah. to
1: get perspectives from other people, right? Mm. So that was something that helped you feel empowered and yeah. decide that it wasn't what something worth fighting for for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially when, again, your experience is much shorter than the other person. You're kind of like, where, where are we going to go with this? And sometimes you get to the end and you're like, well, I would rather, again, just be like a, an environment where it's uh it's supportive of me and it's better because when things aren't good at work it really impacts you mentally physically mm-hmm. you can't sleep you can't eat mm-hmm. it's stress um but yeah I've overcame it with the support of people around me and I'm I'm so glad I did because went on to kind of work fantastic team and yeah things are so much better now
2: so with that experience that, that led you to um, changing teams
0: yeah that was one of the reasons that I wanted I obviously the first reason was that I was kind of like I said I wasn't um, learning as much as I could be in, anymore but that was also one of the reasons I was like well you know I'm, I'm not getting along with this person and I, I really don't want to stay um, uh, in as part of this team and to be honest in the corporate space you think things are going to work out a certain way and they don't because everyone thinks oh you just go and you tell this person and then they'll just be able to just magically come up with a solution but they 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 can't they won't a lot of the time yeah um so for me I was just like I took advice from one of my senior kind of mentors and he was always like you know what it's better to kind of make a decision on your own rather to feel like you've been made to do it so if you feel like you are ready to go and with everything else then yeah just go and yeah worked out you know brilliantly so oh, yeah
2: no, <laughs> so did you t- did you take the steps like did you speak to your manager and what kind of what advice did they give you and what made you say well okay that's all well and good but I still need to leave
0: yeah so yeah I did speak to my management and and they would they gave kind of the usual good advice trying to figure out like could you work with them this way could you guys work together and this way we had like calls um together and stuff but again I just didn't feel like the environment was ever going to be um a good enough place for me anymore um Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be somewhere where i just be completely comfortable and of course you're going to have moments in your career but when you're not always going to be you know super comfortable with the people that you're working with but I think when it's bad enough for you to feel kind of upset and you have to go to management it's for me better um to kind of find a a different environment it may not always be the option for everyone it you know usually you have to just kind of take the advice and figure out how to work <laughs> with that person. But I'm like, if I don't have to, then I won't. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, some things aren't worth your no. mental health and your energy. And especially like you're saying, it's, it's like a contributing factor and you're not you're not learning and earning. Like, yeah, you can, there is a point where you can say, I'm ready to leave this challenge and move on to something else. There I go, exactly, yeah. No, absolutely. Okay, Amber. We're we going to the tech team. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my
2: favorite part of the podcast. So... It is time for, what's the tech tea? So, Hassana um, will be spilling the tech tea, sharing something controversial in the tech industry.
0: Yeah, so I think my thoughts on something that other people might find a bit controversial um, in the tech industry, I find the pace in which we release technology to sometimes just be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on. Like, we create such a hype on such a... Um, buzz around things, which is fantastic, but sometimes it just, I think sometimes it dulls the, and kind of impacts the way that we can show what the technology is actually doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you just hear the words, Like, think about from between now and 2020, whatever it was, we've had NFTs, we've had the metaverse, we've had this, we've had that. And it's all coming out so fast yeah. that the the average person, maybe doesn't get the value of it straight away because all they can hear is just the noise around it. Mm -hmm. Um, And in reality, unless you actually know how to use it, it can be just a blur. Like I speak to people about chat GPT. Like I was at a friend's um, house like two weeks ago and we were talking about chat GPT. So my my husband and I are both in tech and a couple of friends of our friends are, and this person was in finance and he was like, yeah, I've heard about it, but I haven't started using it. And we were like, what? Like you can use it like this. You know, you can use these prompts and this is how it works. But most people
1: just don't have that person to to tell them. Yeah. Yeah. So it just gets
0: very I don't know if about you guys, it gets very confusing.
1: No, absolutely. And it's disengaging, right? Like because it's coming so quickly and we see the kind of hype. Like escalate and come back down again. It's, it's like, what's the point in me even trying to understand blockchain? Just, yeah. oh my
2: God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started on blockchain. Blockchain, cryptocurrency, con- NFTs. <laughs> NFTs. I'm sorry, I just couldn't. Like, I was really DAOs. I was really trying to. You wanted
1: to be a Web three girl. <laughs> I to be a
2: web three. Look, guys, I went through a phase. I didn't tell anyone. Things look so fancy, but we're addressing it now. Like, <laughs> I wanted to be a Web three girl at one point. I was like, do "You know, what? I'm gonna read off about DAOs. I'm gonna read about Web three. All these things. Babes, you know, when you're reading and you just can't, the information isn't sinking in. I was really trying hard. I was watching the videos and I was like, I don't get it.
1: But then I think that's part of the problem. A lot of people jump on to try and be the first to understand it and know it. And because they don't fully understand it, they then go and explain it in a way which is inaccessible. Mm. And then it's just like contributes to this noise like you're saying of people not really knowing what they're talking and so, about.
2: And like, you know, it's just like people had such strong opinions about it. And exactly. like such polarizing opinions. Mm. Like Web3 is gonna change the game. We need more women in Web3, okay? And then Web3 is a big scam,
0: like don't get into to it
2: and and i was like babes I, I don't know who to believe where are we
0: going I, i'm so even i'm co- confused i'm like <laughs> well, what are we picking is it security is it, deal? is it there's so much and i think that's that's the thing like obviously like innovation is fantastic and i think tech companies um i think on uh, on a uh, large scale do a great job of slowly releasing stuff mm-hmm. but because it gets um in the hands of the media because obviously we don't release things as soon as they come out right there is loads of steps they have to be public um generally available but they have to be also on, on preview so there are lots of people who have to see it before it gets to actually um the public but the minute that the media get a hold of it it's like a frenzy mm-hmm. like who's gonna have the big who's gonna make the most amount of money off the back of this rather than what I think a lot of tech companies want like what impact is this actually going to have for our society like how are we actually going to use it on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. but then we get to a point where we're not even seeing how the people are using it. We're just seeing people telling us to use it, and then we're like, I have no idea. I didn't know anything about NFTs. I didn't know anything about crypto. My husband managed to learn it. I was like, fantastic. He made some money off it, so great. But other than that, it was just like, yeah, no idea. Yeah. I was on
2: Twitter the other day, and I was like, this is why I don't go on Twitter anymore. But like, they literally is like, have I made one million dollars from Chat
0: GPT? And uh, I was just like, you know, you know them ones. And yeah, I was just like all the threads i was just like one million dollars i'd like to see that <laughs> like
2: what are you talking <laughs> what are you doing, <laughs> doing? like what prompt are you using? me
0: this exact amount
2: in this account from anyone else like yeah, yeah. i definitely agree with the whole yeah. technology of
1: GPs. definitely and i think um i remember using the the chat uh, the gpt3 beta and the, the api that was available before it was public release and people understanding like the capabilities but also being more aware of its limitations we Mm -hmm. need to be careful with it then as soon as it was public release and the headlines Mm -hmm. and the tabloids the terminators are becoming sentient and they're Mm -hmm. tricking us into thinking Mm -hmm. they're human yeah like all of this like fear-mongering you see so
0: (laughs) much fear and in reality we're not even close to that yet like come on guys like we're not close to every single um, job being taken over by ai Mm -hmm. we're not and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of steps that needs to be taken before you know, we even get to AI kind of taking over an entire industry of people and stuff like that. So it does scare people. And also it puts people off technology in a way because I think some people obviously naturally will get defensive because they'll be like, well, if my job is being taken, I, I don't want to interact with that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly um, that. So there needs to be, a, I think a little bit more sensitivity in the way that these type of um, technologies are released out to the public.
2: Definitely. But even the media, the clickbait titles, developers, are you going to be made redundant? Like- yeah. That's just not a nice thing. No one needs that. Like, no one really needs it. It's like, read the room. Like, exactly. just come out of, like, lockdown, like, the recession. Like, give the people some hope. Exactly. <laughs> and, and now it's like, AI is going to make you redundant. Exactly. Have <laughs> some compassion, please.
1: Absolutely. Do you have any advice for people that are intimidated by this kind of, boom and bust of our information around new technology? Like how do I engage with it if mm. it's so intimidating? What would you say?
0: I think first of all, go to the source. That's mm-hmm. the first thing. Like if a te- if a company is working on a technology go to kind of the documents that they've got, they've released and they will have a lot of good information about how to use it because they have to, right? They have to follow compliance. They have to follow some laws um, and they're not really going to bother to do the clickbait thing because what's the point? They already make trillions of dollars, right? They're just releasing it because they they want to. Um, So I think number one, firstly, go to that. And then number two, kind of think about the way that, technology is supposed to be it's supposed to be an assistant right it's supposed to help you improve your life it's not supposed to take over absolutely everything it's just supposed to be something that you can use to make your life a little bit, bit better so have a think about once you've read it have a think about whether or not you need to know about that like mm-hmm. do you need to know about nfts if you're never going to kind of use them for anything mm-hmm. probably not um someone else can can um, do that so Pick the things that are interesting to you and that are going to help you either personally or with your career. Mm-hmm. I would say is the best way to go.
1: So I think something that comes along with being a cloud specialist and being more sales focused mm. or people focused, it might be like something that some people find intimidating. But what was it for you that made you feel like it was the right decision? Mm. Having done a computer science conversion, mm. um, and why do you think it's a good career to to go for?
0: Yeah, and um, so for me the. F- the what interests me the most about kind of talking to companies and stuff is you see the direct impact pretty much straight away um so obviously when you are like programming and you're building something the impact is generally just for you like when your code runs and things like that your game works whatever but when you are working with customers you see The impact of their customer Mm like right and we think about it technology mainly just for the private sector but i actually work with public sector organizations so i get to see that you know technology can literally save someone's life it's Mm -hmm. not just like an app it's an app that you know will find a missing person or will diagnose um someone and i think that's what interests me the most about my role um depending on the customers you work with you can go into their businesses, so you can go into a hospital, you can go into the police, you can go into education, you can go into ASOS, you can go into a bank, whatever um, customer you have. So that's what interests me the most. And you can see kind of like how much help you're you're doing and obviously how much help um, the technology that the software engineers are building. You you can go back to them and be like, what you're doing is amazing. Like yeah. you like this is exactly what we absolutely the customer needs. So yeah, that's what interests me the most about the role. And it can be daunting, daunting. But you have to remember when you become, I guess, the expert, you know more than everyone else in the room, and mm-hmm. that's that's it. That's the reality of it. So you you can't be too scared because they're expecting you to know. They don't know. Yeah. Um. So you can only come with what you know to 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 help them as well
1: yeah and how do you find communicating with the tech teams do you find that you're still needing to interact a lot or depend on your technical skills to be able to communicate with the software engineers and mm. the architects and all those kinds of roles?
0: Yeah, so there's like lots of layers. Um, so I there are architects within kind of my team because that's just kind of like with, with, with tech, it's just different stages, right? Like you go from the software engineers all the way to kind of like the most salesperson uh, and I'm not the most salesperson. So I there's like architects just after me, but there are mm. pre-sales architects. So they're slightly different, but mm. they, they help to kind of like, Architect the, the the solution for the customer, um, but then there's also I speak to product teams. I haven't spoken to software, um, the engineering teams for a while, but sometimes I do, um, and it's just to let them know that you know this solution doesn't quite fit the market or my customer base. You know, they maybe because of security um, or because of whatever, and that that way I can be like, okay, um, is there something that we can do to to amend that. I don't need to know what that thing is going to be, but (laughs) I just need to let them know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) please can we change um, the code slightly to fit this? And they can be like, yes, no. Um, And we can submit things um, both in paper, so we don't actually have to speak to the team. So we just submit a form or something. Um, But yeah, or I can, give it to the next technical person and they just pass it along yeah. along the chain yeah,
1: but, yeah so there's quite a big team involved in the implementation of a, of tech within an organization
0: oh absolutely um like a lot of people when they hear tech sales they they can't obviously they hear sales so they think like oh like I'm just selling like, I don't know, this water bottle to you and then that's it. But it's not. I'm involved in the entire project of the implementation of it. So Mm -hmm. starting off having the initial conversation, then bringing in architects, then engineers, then a partner. Usually um, companies will hire another company to do it for them. They won't Mm -hmm. do it internally. Mm -hmm. Um, So working with them. And then once that finished, looking at the the usage of that technology as it grows, uh, because that's how... Uh, cloud computing is uh, build it's not like a here you go it's not like a let me sell you this water bottle and then off you go it's let me sell you this water bottle but I don't get paid until you drink the entire bottle Mm. so you have to constantly be like do you have enough training do you understand how to use the technology properly do you have any challenges is it broken it's just a continuous thing
1: yeah and I guess identifying the areas they need help from the utilization and things like that so how do you get to upskill that area like you must have to do quite a lot of like diagnostic work in terms of understanding the customer's needs and kind of anticipating where they might not understand that they're using something correctly so how's that something that you develop and learn
0: yeah i i think it's like just from watching other people do it um Mm. with the diagnostic it's all about again people hear sales do they think you're going to be the most you're going to just talk at people but Mm. my job is just ask the questions Mm. i'll ask like you know how many virtual machines do you have on premise at the moment has your does your team know cloud computing already Mm -hmm. um how long do you when do you think the go live date will be is it three months is it six months so it's just me asking loads of questions and then them coming back to me with what they need and then with anticipating it's my job to see the challenges that other people in this sector have had um so I can be like you know I don't think your team is large enough to handle this by themselves right we probably need to bring someone else in to do it to support you um or I can be like oh you know security is going to be a problem or cost comes up budget comes up and I can be like you know it's going to cost you about this much per month for you to be able to actually utilize the solution fully um so it's lots of kind of different things but you just learn as you know the questions are going to get asked eventually and then you just like okay I think I can help and then there's loads of other people who can also provide you with the information it's all about just kind of information gathering for the most part
2: yeah I'd love to know how you make time for upskilling it sounds like you are constantly learning about new features and (laughs) solutions in your role Mm. how do you make time for that
0: so um so my company is really good and really big on skilling so firstly we have like um skilling days um so you can take training days you can take them whenever whenever you want so if I was like know i need to study i did a certification an ai certification two weeks ago um and i was just like yeah i'm just gonna um, do a little bit of study no one's gonna check right like the tech industry is very different to other industries right a lot of the time no one is like you don't need to tell your manager that you're training Mm -hmm. they will just be like you just put it in your diary so that's one thing i'm quite lucky at least in my company um to have that um and then also we have um specific training days that you can take so you can you know contact your manager and be like i would like to take this entire day um, and just focus on this and then they'll they'll give it to you so it's really just what works for you but it's a lot of the time is dedicating the time for number one certifications because they do help for things that you don't know they from a technical perspective um, and then number two I also have to learn things that are not just technology learning like the industry so I try and learn my industry quite well I read some newsletters, um, but I just have to make time for it. you don't there is no way out of it. Like the company is very kind of strict with it. You have to pass mm-hmm. what they've told you to pass. So they give you a learning path. Um, and they say like, you need to pass these certifications. These are the learning. And, and that's that
1: continuous. To,
0: continuous. Every year it updates. Oh, um,
1: fantastic. And then Yeah. Yeah. So, like you, that. Yeah, so it's based <laughs> on your role.
0: It's <laughs> based on your role. Um, and so they're like, you as an azure specialist this is what you have to learn this year and then they may amend it year from year because sometimes they this is the thing with tech sales sometimes they'll be like no we think you need to be a lot more technical Mm -hmm. so we'll give you all this tech stuff and then sometimes they're like no we need you to pull back and do more sales stuff so here's some sales training for you Mm. to for for you to do as well
1: Mm, that's so cool Mm. and what advice would you have for someone who's curious about tech sales Mm. not engaged with it before and wants to kind of explore whether that's the right thing for them Okay. Uh, buy my ebook. <laughs> um,
0: no, I mean, first of all, I think, yeah, just do the research. So there's so much free stuff online. Follow, well, you don't have to follow them, but watch the people on TikTok, on YouTube, on Instagram that are talking about their job. Spend some time looking at the job descriptions, even though I, I have a bit of a, a th- thing about job descriptions. Ooh, the tech what's the thing about job- I just, th- I just find like they're just not great.
1: Mm.
0: Like sometimes I read
1: them and I'm like, what is this job? I don't un- <laughs> when they list like every technology. Yeah, <laughs> so,
0: but they're not a bullet points. Yeah, has. yeah.
1: How, <laughs> How many need to know people f- are doing this job? You like front end, back end, DevOps, uh, yeah. everything. <laughs> every
0: single one. And I'm like, I've even had to have it where I've had recruiters come up to me, and I've read the job description. And I'm like, I'm not sure this is the right. And I've, I've even had it when the application process. One company was like, yeah, we want you to kind of uh, deploy um, an EKS so Kubernetes. And I was like, for a job, do you know how long it takes to learn Kubernetes? Like, it's not wow. something that you can just do overnight. But yeah, I have a thing about job descriptions, but try to read them, see if you can pick up um, little bits and bobs like here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it's all about the solution as well that you're interested in. Like, is there a specific solution that you want to sell? Obviously, see, I look after cloud and that includes infrastructure and data and analytics and security but some other people just focus on security some people are just data and i some people are hardware you know if you're interested in laptops ipads phones well not phones but ipads i've already said ipads but computers i don't know why i'm saying ipads so (laughs) (laughs) So surface laptops or google laptops google chromes then look at that. And then also look at the big the big tech companies will have a sales um, element to it because obviously someone needs to get it to the market. So um, Google, Amazon um, and Microsoft obviously all have big sales orgs. Mm-hmm. So look at that. And then look at startups. Uh, maybe you're a technical person and you want to dabble in sales and startup is the place for you because you're where... So many hats um, yeah. at a startup company yeah, yeah. as well. One hundred
1: percent. Thank you so much to Hasana Um, it's been fantastic to speak to you today. Where can we keep up with you if we want to follow you and find out what you're up to?
0: Um, so yeah, I'm at the Tech Corner, no e at the end. Um, on pretty much all the social media. So, um, Instagram, TikTok. I have done some YouTube stuff as well, so it's Ooh. on there if you need some help. But that's where I'm at.
1: Fantastic thank you thank you so much
0: thank you be sure to follow us on socials at glowing
2: in tech on instagram twitter and tiktok
1: and let us know what you thought of the episode anywhere you're listening on youtube spotify apple podcasts available on all major podcast platforms
0: i have to tell you about these miniature gum models called goat guns my guy loves building and collecting them I was most surprised by the complexity of these models. They're really high quality. His dad and friends always ask about it, and if you ask me, these get a little too much attention around here. Shop for yours at goatguns.com.